Hey, Davis! Yes! You ready to uh, hear about a cursed gravestone? You want to know what? No. Ooh. I'm scared. Wrong yep, pack well, I guess you're wrong. Oh. Possibly precocious. Greetings from the basement studio here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yay. My name is Jake, and I'm here with my wife, beautiful wife. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> oh. And my producer extraordinaire, David. I thought maybe I was his wife for a second. Uh, together we look at paranormal locations. You are the beautiful one. Mm-hmm. From the spooky side. To historical titty bits. So join us this week as we make fun of each other, get creeped out, and maybe learn a thing or two. Hmm. On this week's edition of... The possibly paranormal podcast. Hey, hey. Hey, it's story, story time. Edition. Another story time episode. We are enjoying Woo. the heck out of these because we get to give a little stories. We get to have a little bit of fun with stuff that we wouldn't normally talk about on this podcast. Yes. So we're going to be doing it. Jake's already yawning. Oh, well, we just ate a bunch of food, That's man. That's true. That's a fair point. Outside. It, outside. It takes, it takes me a little bit. <laughs> I've got a blister on my fingy. We got all kinds of things going on, but... <laughs> Before all of that, <laughs> I broke Lisa. I'm sorry. Why? Because I got a blister on my fingy. I, I don't know why that. Hit why me are you laughing funny. at his pain? That was, well. I'm just a beautiful man with pain. Um, today we're going to be telling three very different, and one of them being more happy than the other two stories. <laughs> So that's how it's going to go today. But we're going to start off with Lisa this time. I believe I started, then Jake started, now Lisa. So we'll just go around in that order. Now, we could choose right now. Can we just skip her? Why are we skipping? Who's the skipper? Because it's scary. Who's the skipper? Do you want to skip her? Of the ship? Is that what you said you wanted to skip her? Were you trying to to provoke like that guy in Velisca, and now you're going to get murdered by yourself? (laughs) There was so much to unpack right there. Yeah, that was a walk. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Lisa. I'm, I'm scared for you, Jake. Lisa, you I am now giving you permission that you can start. Jake provokes so much. What if he finds a knife in his chest because of it? We all know who it's did because it. because he, <laughs> quote unquote, gave there's me no, permission. There's oh. no mystery to who murdered me. It's a me. good thing that Jake loves his wife so much. Yes. <laughs> so, I, Lisa, I give you permission to start. <laughs> you made the joke once. It jo- was not funny then. Joke? <laughs> Stop. Okay. I love you. I'm having a good time That's over here. Good. I'm just glad she's going to start like I gave her permission to. <laughs> I'm just going to read my book. So we have <laughs> The Cursed Grave of Carl Pruitt. Has uh, So uh, yeah. just to kind of tell you guys. That is like the most uncursed name in the world. I a little bad bit. For that. It's a little fancy, but he also could work at a Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> it completely makes sense to me, though, what he just said. That's the weird part. The like, weird part is that you both great. totally understood exactly yeah. what I said. 100%. Oh God! I think I've met Carl. I was in line um, at Dairy Queen. Oh my God! It's Carl. It's Carl. Uh, Carl. No, he never. He never double scoops. He always never does double ter- scoops. He puts only like three cookie doughs in my oh, blizzard. Oh God! It's what a ridiculous. jackass, Carl. <laughs> anyway, Lisa, tell your story. So the story of the curse of Carl Pruitt's grave. It goes back to an afternoon in 1938. Good year in Paluska County, After Kentucky. Paluska? That's so close to Velisca. Paluski. Pulowski? I trust Pulowski? you. I, I no really idea. wish you would looked up the pronunciation <laughs> of the town you're about to speak of. Pulaski. It's a story. Pulaski? It's not a fact. Pulaski County. I Pulaski? don't know. P U L 
A S K I. Pulaski. Yeah. Pulaski. Pulaski. Okay, cool. Pulaski. Well, Pulaski. Pruitt had returned home after a day of work and expected to find his wife in the kitchen. Instead, he found her in the bedroom with another man. Oh, that's called cheating. Uh, Yes, it is. Enraged. Pruitt grabbed a. Enraged. Oh, yeah. You did say enraged. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. Oh, I feel so good right now. I had no idea what I said. Enraged. Lisa's going to stab me. I was going to say, you're making her enraged. Careful, honey. (laughs) I'm reading true crime. All right. Enraged, Pruitt grabbed a chain and started to strangle her. And her lover used the opportunity to flee the scene. He didn't help? He didn't help. What a dick. After she was dead, Pruitt had (gasps) committed suicide. Oh, my God. Okay. So that's the backstory. I feel bad joking about this now. Yeah. Well, Pruitt's, Queen, Mr. Pruitt's wife's family. So uh, she uh, she uh, um, they refused to give um, you know to forgive Pruitt. Understand? Don't blame him. Yep. So he was buried in a different cemetery in a different town. Okay. So like, nope, you guys aren't going to be buried in the same location. Nowhere near each other. Nowhere near Fair. each other. Well, visitors to the cemetery that came across Pruitt's grave noticed something kind of odd going on. There was some discoloration that looked kind of like uh, circles, and then those circles almost looked like they were like kind of like linking together. Like a chain. Yep. Oh! Making it look like there was a chain on the tombstone. <gasps> I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I just put a two, two, two together. You got it. Ah. The, Is there pictures of this? The odd discoloration drew the attention of um, of some people, including, you know, young group of boys who rode their bikes over to the cemetery about a month after the chain had started to form on the tombstone. Mm-hmm. You know, impress, their fr- impress one of his friends. Uh, one of the boys threw a rock at the tombstone, Don't which had kind of chipped it. <gasps> uh, as the boy rode home, unfortunately, there was a kind of a freak type of accident where the chain on his bike had broke. Oh. Sent him head over heels and somehow, some way, the chain had come off of his spike and had wrapped around the boy's neck. <gasps> strangling him to death. What? That doesn't happen. Nope. I uh, biked a lot. That does not fucking happen. That's not happened but to you. You're, you're going to think about that every time you're on a bike Dear, now. No, I won't because I'm not throwing shit at gravestones. But holy crap. Yeah. So the boy's oh. mother... Obviously devastated. Yeah. Um, and decided to take it out on the tombstone Wouldn't it be bad? Itself. Wouldn't it be bad if she like wasn't like she's like, yeah, well, you know, Johnny was kind of a well. Don't throw, kinda... don't 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 throw stones at tombstones in glass um, houses. <laughs> yeah, in nope. glass houses, just don't do it. Uh, so she had taken an axe and had <gasps> whacked at the tombstone a number of times. Oh my god! She got mad at it. What? Don't blame her. Um. Well, the next day. She while she was hanging up laundry, when a clothesline somehow had um, there was an accident with her clothesline where she had tr- kind of tripped into it and ended up becoming strangled by the clothesline. Oh my god! What the fuck? The final destination shit. Yeah. So when her death was investigated, the axe was found. You know, it looked like there was some kind of like rock dust on it and everything, and it, and the axe seemed to have taken a little bit of damage itself, but Pruitt's tombstone remained completely intact. Okay. It showed no signs of the damage. What? A short time later, a farmer was riding a horse uh, in a like a horse-drawn cart, mm-hmm. and his uh, his he was with his family passing the cemetery. And for some foolish reason, he decided to fire a pistol at Pruitt's tombstone. Oh, why? Because what the fuck? The gunfire uh, spooked the horses, causing them to speed up. 
The farmer's family was able to jump from the wagon, but the farmer stayed on until he was thrown from the carriage and a rain ended up wrapping around his neck. No, this is too not coincidental or like coincidental too much now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next um, next couple policemen were convinced the curse was nonsense. They were like, no, this isn't this is not a real thing. Yeah, That's a good idea. Go test it. Well, they went to the cemetery, took pictures of themselves in the area of Pruitt's grave. No. And as they drove away, a bright light started following them and they tried to speed away. Well, this this led them driving off the road into a fence and the officer and the um, and the officer in the passenger seat was thrown from the car. But he had survived. His partner, on the other hand, had been Don't. nearly decapitated by a chain between two fences. Oh, that's like strangled, but hardcore. But harder, oh. yeah, yeah. Okay, so by the time, uh, by the time, like mid nineteen forties had rolled around, most people were staying away from the cemetery out of fear of losing their own life. Understandable. Mm-hmm. But not everyone did. Ugh. There was a man who had gone into the cemetery and started to smash a tombstone with a hammer. What for? What reason? Because this is how you provoke. Why do I guess? so many people pissed off at this gravestone? Let they, him die in he peace. Was a, he was a you know he did murder someone. Yeah, but still. Yeah, he took his own life, so let it go. I, yeah, I, guess. I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, people could hear the hammer bashing hey, against the tombstone. He might have been a bad employee at that Dairy, Dairy Queen slash Ace Hardware. <laughs> Yeah. It's Carl Pruitt. He, he had great. to work at Ace Hardware, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah where they have the Dairy Queen just, like, in the back. Yeah. Only on weekends. Yep. <laughs> um, people could hear the hammer bashing against the tombstone, Come and on. then it was replaced by some blood-curdling screams. The townspeople had investigated the cemetery and found the med dead at the gates. The med? Is it, the is man it, dead at the gates. Is it from his freaking neck? Is it from his... Please don't be from his freaking neck. Okay, how do you think? He's strangled. He's strangled. Okay. Jake? Um... I think he fell into a grave. Okay. Oh, that's scary. Okay, so apparently he was frightened by something, ran away. As he got to the exit, the chain used to lock the gates somehow had wrapped around his neck and had strangled him to death. That doesn't happen. Chains unlocked. After that death, bodies were exhumed from the cemetery and a stripping company had removed all the markers, including Pruitt's wrathful tombstone. I'd be so afraid to touch it. If I were the construction company, oh my god! So what I did is I started looking up. Get Frank; he's gonna have to do this one. Yeah, we don't like him, right? So what I did is I like what brought this particular story onto my radar. I'm wondering, yeah, is I was looking up different um, ghost stories associated with different states. Oh, okay. Because I kind of was like, gosh, some of these are like like there's certain states that have the legend of or something to that effect. Remind me the state that we were in. Kentucky. Kentucky. Thank you. Okay. So what was really interesting about this one is I, I was looking for ways that like ghosts had actually killed real people. Like what, were mm-hmm, there any other mm-hmm. cases that I could look at type yeah, of a thing? Yeah. And so that's why this one had caught my attention. There's a lot of names. that uh, So some of the legends will actually like go into names of each of the people that had passed, the years that they had passed and everything to that effect. I mean, it started with a very real name with a very real date of what had happened. And I was wondering, like, how do how do some of these things get started? Yeah, this one was actually started in a book in two thousand and four, and it and it became a legend that got adopted. Basically, this was it's all a dream yes. situation. <laughs> God. I'm really upset with you now. Damn it! 
fuck you, oh. Carl Pruitt. This is what happened when I started actually looking for the dates and everything like that. They were trying to figure out That's, where this story came I from. I love the journey you went on. Now I'm pissed at Carl Pruitt and that Dairy Queen. God damn it. Oh. So that's good so, job. In other words, no, the there fictional isn't story. There isn't pictures. There. So this is one of those that kind of no, took a little just, bit of no. Hmm. That took a little bit of uh, like it, a little bit of steamrolling, I guess, on on the internet. Like it picked up mm-hmm. steam, some steam, mm-hmm. and so Slender, a lot of people will start talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's in you know like the list of the top haunted uh, legends of stories and stuff across the states, and this is one of them. Was the legend of the of the oh, cursed gravestone? That was good. Good well, job. Well, and there is a specific picture that is always associated with it, so it started to become more uh, like assumed to be real than fictional. Yeah, good for it. That's Let's almost see the picture. It's a little Mandela effect esque, but in the opposite way, more like that. It everyone. Well, I guess maybe kind of the same. It's always the pi- there's always a picture. That's always the picture of Carl Pruitt of this guy named Wait, Carl the Pruitt. Do it. There, oh, there's no picture of the gravestone because remember the gravestone him. ended up getting completely. I dis- asked you and you said yes. No, oh, no, person. I didn't. You're lying to me a whole lot. If right we now. rewind <laughs> the tape, which we can, I just didn't say I anything about the picture of the gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't say. Oh boy. So yeah, so that's the fictional story of the cursed gravestone. Mm-hmm. I'm so angry at you right now. <laughs> really? Well, at, originally I'm going. I never heard of this. Oh man, this is great. He told. Oh. You she suck. got us good. Yeah, hey, Lisa. Yeah, good job. <laughs> you fuck. I love it. I think mine works best next with that one. I'm, honestly, I'm, so I'm excited to hear. I'm it. gonna go with one. I'm so mine. So mad at you. You're so upset. I'm so mad at you. I've been reading uh, different books of cryptids or about cryptids, as we all know. So this one is called the Minnesota Iceman. Now this cryptid book breaks everything down into the state where the cryptid is from. Or where it is. Where do you think, which state do you think this one is featured for? Um, well, you said the Minnesota Iceman? Correct, Man? but it's not North for Dakota? Minnesota. No. It Alaska. Is in, it is in Texas. What? It is in Texas. That was so, not on my card. I know, right? Um, not at all. I'll see. Kay. Texas. I'll show you both. Texas. The Minnesota right Iceman in Texas? Texas. A Midwestern Monster Down South is the title of this one. I won't read the full thing as it is, what? but... Um, I really enjoyed this story. So um, back in like the uh, 1960s and 70s, there was a guy that would always go around and kind of almost carnival bark for different things. Um, I don't, I didn't catch his name. Uh, Frank Hansen was his name. Um, and he would bring around different creatures with him to fairs and different things like that. And the biggest one he brought with him was the Minnesota Iceman. So the Minnesota Iceman was a man encapsulated completely in ice that they couldn't thaw the ice or anything like that. It was like permafrost level of ice. Oh, okay. And they claimed to have found him in Minnesota was the whole thing. The thing is, Van Hansen only traveled the south, so they didn't know that Minnesota really isn't cold year-round, so it would make no sense for us to have permafrost well, here. you know, there's a... There's still people nowadays. So that, there's that, some people that ask if I wear a parka in, in oh, July. Oh, and there's some people that ask to use a passport to New Mexico. So we... Yes. Yeah, we've got it all. <laughs> but he went around and he showed this different Minnesota Iceman to various people, including two of the leading cryptozoologists of the time. Those two cryptozoologists reminded me were Ivan T. Henderson and Bernard Huvelmans. They were like the, considered the founding fathers of cryptozoology. And he let them have an insider peek at this Minnesota Iceman. And they were astounded by it. They were able to touch. Apparently, it got out of the ice at some point. They didn't really cover that super well in this story. Um, they were able to touch it and said that it was real and were really, really astounded by this ice. 
man. He kind of looked like what you would imagine a typical Neanderthal to look like nowadays. But back then, they didn't have as big of a idea of what a Neanderthal would look like then. Is this um, what Encino Man is based on? Oh, it could be. Honestly, this was 60s, 70s. So they were enamored with the creature, it says in here, different things like that. But later on, they a scientist was able to get a hold of the Minnesota Iceman and discovered it to be completely made out of rubber. <gasps> at which point, Frank Hansen said... Well, that's just a fake one. I have the real one, but I had to give it back to the famous person who owns it. Oh, my Which is God. so not true at all. The thing I loved about this story, though, was that the fact that there was one little boy who got to see it when it was traveling in the 70s, um, and he loved the Min- the Minnesota Iceman enamored him. He was so enamored with it that now that little boy has started the Museum of the Weird in Austin, Texas, and he owns the Minnesota Iceman now. He found it for sale on eBay when he started the museum and bought it because it was such it was such an important part of his journey into it's cryptozoology. It's what just sparked the interest for exactly. it. Exactly. So I, I just I found that story to that be really heartwarming, really, and it's also fake, just like it's yours. really cute and fake. Um, but exactly. Cute, yeah. But I thought it was really cool that these and crypto it's the Minnesota Iceman in. Texas. Exactly. Yeah. In 2013, it popped on, it popped up on eBay, and the guy's name was Steve Busty, Busty, B-U-S-T-I, um, and they were the own, owners of the Museum of the Weird, which is in Austin, Texas. That so if y'all cool. ever want to go, I that's why wanna, this one is I Texas. I want to go so there. I want to go there really badly. I just wanna, to see so. what it is. I hope it's like something like a random basement that just has some weird taxidermy shit. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's so it's 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 supposed to be really cool. And then okay. the quote that Busty says in here too is had I not seen this, I can honestly say we wouldn't be here today because there probably wouldn't be a museum of the weird. <laughs> was what he said. So I loved that story. I loved how no. as I dive more into the world of cryptids, I'm just realizing just how much these uh, over half of the stories in here are clearly hoaxes or just a bunch of people being scared of a heron even sometimes, like stuff like that. Yeah. But how they can just cause either such panic or such fascination. Yes. Everybody is insane well, was, to me. That's so awesome. I love it. Well, not a cryptid, but the, uh, I graduated with a guy who, uh, what, last year, two years ago? Yeah. Did the, another Iceman of Minnesota one where he actually just made this, looks like a, it's like a model or it's a, full almost mannequin of a caveman and like put him in a big block of ice and oh, hit him somewhere in the Minnesota woods cool. that people can go find. And I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. He, and yeah, he got a lot of publicity for it from news coverage. So it could be stuff. similar to this story as well. Yeah, so kind of, yeah. yeah, I really love cool. that. I, anyway, I just, I'm, awesome. I'm getting very excited about cryptids and like all the different things that they, I just read last night one that was like, really outstanding to me that maybe we can talk about later. It was uh, Sinkhole Sam, which is a giant worm. That just oh, appears yeah. in nice. sinkholes, stuff like that. Like, there's just some stupid. We have stuff. very we our, our bedtime reading has definitely changed. I have From, my I have my massive book of cemeteries. And yeah, you have your, your book, book of cryptids. cryptids. I love it, Jake. <laughs> I I, I, leave, I read a lot of Jane Austen. Ooh, <laughs> a lot of Pride and Prejudice and zombies. Is that what you're reading? I'm into it. You know what I'm reading? Third grade reading level Titanic book. <laughs> Oh, Jake, would you be so kind as yeah. to scare the um, shit out of Hey, Jake, uh, first question. Do I need to re- go with another pair of underpants after this one? I don't know. Uh, okay. Possibly not. Uh, these are just okay. some good stories. I, I decided I kind of wanted to go find a theme and just find some fun stories. That a theme? Uh, these are ones that are written up. Like I said, I look through Reddit, creepypastas, all yeah. that stuff. Try to find some fun stories. The Could it be true or not? But at least it's going to be fun stories. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, the word I used as my search for all of this stuff was park rangers. Park rangers okay. is your search word. Or just because I was like, because we were talking about uh, Hannah, your lovely wife. Yes. Like loves to go camping even mm-hmm. on her own because mm-hmm. uh, 
taking you outside. She just a did a couple weeks ago, and she's going again in a week. <laughs> yeah, so. she so loves I, it so much that I got her a pair of socks that have like um, a bunch of trees on it, and just says, "I fucking love it out here." Yes, and so. she she does agree with yep. that sentiment. Yeah. So I, I thought just for you know on, on the way up for the next one, she can listen to some of these good scary stories about the woods. She will literally be going up while this one is coming out, exactly, I or maybe the week after. But either <laughs> way, so uh, these ones came. These are stories told by. Park Rangers. No, <coughs> that's scary to me because they're... So, hello, everyone. This story comes from... You know what? Actually, no. You know, it, it's. It, I think we should get some campfire music. Oh, I know we haven't done that a lot lately. Ooh, I like that. I, but, I mean, the, this is about deed. camping. This yeah. is about in the woods, Park yeah, Rangers. That's like style. perfect. That's, yeah. I mean, basically, I told like a campfire type of story that you now, would you, say to... How about you shush your mouth, you you liar? But. You're just, you're so betrayed by that. It's so funny. Hey, Lisa, get your marshmallows and shove them in your mouth. I swear. Yum. You know what will put like a bow on this one is if one of these stories is about Yogi Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, boo, boo, pick a nigga basket. Uh, Boo. All right. right. Hi, everyone. A story comes from uh, one of my friends who used to be a ranger at at a national park that I work at and not from uh, this isn't so this isn't my personal experience this is I've asked him to tell me the scariest experience he had on the job and it just happened to be his last experience he had on his job uh, so I'll tell this in the first person view that's all the, and that's how they introduce this got it this is a story from the park ranger my normal shifts were during the day nine to five like like most people but on that day we were shorthanded on the night shift staff, because the last person who worked during those hours had just quit. We had lately had a whole lot of people quitting uh, the night shift, so that meant I had to cover. Weirdly enough, I had never had to work the graveyard shift before then, uh, but I was actually excited for it. I brought some coffee and five-hour energy drinks, and and because the, the hours was ten at night to five in the morning, and there was no way I'd make it that far naturally. So I got to my tower right about right before 10, when it was already pitch black, and the cold July night air was fully set in. The tower was t- fairly tall and several flights of stairs leading up to the top. The whole thing was mostly surrounded by thick forest except for a trail I came in from, and a murky pond was just to the right uh, of one of the tower's legs. The pond itself was covered with those fro- uh, lily pads and algae floating around the surface. It was actually quite a na- nice natural lagoon. I climbed up, and all I could hear was nonstop sound of crickets, frogs, mm-hmm. the occasional owl. Bad. And then I hit the top. I fumbled with my keys until I found the right one and walked on in. Mm-hmm. It was one room, very small, square-shaped. Three of the walls were mostly glass, and the other one was like opaque and had uh, the door that I just came in. Uh, the roof went up like a pyramid from, for a short length until it peaked, and it was all made of wood. To my left was a nicely made bed and nightstand with a lamp and a flashlight on top. Not like I'd been using the bed. I'm not going to be using the bed, though. On the wall next to it was a CB radio for the communication stand, which every one of those towers had. Next to that sat a refrigerator and a microwave, which was part of the small kitchen that extended the other way, other other area as well. Inside the kitchen was the uh, on the right was uh, several cabinets, some small ones that held snacks and canned foods, and other one that's, and one set a giant cabinet that I could open up, that had like the vacuums and cleaning supplies in it. I went over to the communication stand and did my standard check to make sure everything was properly working. I called into the ranger station, and I uh, and I said, "Well, Donnie, it looks like I just uh, I look at oh, sorry, Donnie, it looks like it's just you and me tonight." 
Donnie didn't say anything back, so I figured he was just, you know, taking a shit or something. No. So I went and grabbed my flashlight on the stand and reached into the uh, one of the drawers, pulling out a set of binoculars from it. I went back onto the balcony and checked to make sure that the, there was no fire hazards or any kind of dangerous things that were going on. Once I checked the box to, on my to-do list, I headed back inside and pulled out a chair from the communications area and put it, uh, put it up against one of the glass walls. Grabbed a granola bar and kitchen cabinets and ate. I put the markers up to my eyes and I looked over the surrounding forest. It didn't seem like any animals were up and about, and no birds were in the sky either. I skimmed over a couple of clearings to make sure there's no teenagers rough camping illegally. Then I went and I peeked over the far ridge where I saw what looked like a, a snowman standing in the gap of the trees. Mm. Oh. Okay, hold the fuck up. It's July. What's going on? Okay, well, so I looked harder. I, it wasn't a snowman. But it seemed like it was a kid in some shitty ghost costume. It looked like one of the like the Charlie Brown ones, the big black holes okay. for eyes that are over, you know, then a big sheet. The kid was still and staring right in my direction, unmoving. I didn't see the kid's parents anywhere, and by now it was rolling up on 11. So that meant something was up. I broke contact uh, on the kid, and I walked to the radio, calling into my station. Hey, uh, Donnie, you available yet? And... Barely made it out, but I'm uh, I'm out here now. I chuckled. Donnie was always good for a laugh. Uh, hey, there's some kid with a blanket walking around the southeast sector, and they look alone. A blanket? What the hell are you talking about? Well, it's a it's a ghost costume. Like it has the black eyes, you know, and stuff. You mean like the Charlie? Br- okay, yeah. <laughs> Can you check it out? Yeah, I'll go see what's up. I'll call you when, from the walkie-talkie when I tell you when I see. Roger that. I turned off the radio, crossed over to the nightstand drawer to grab the walkie-talkie. Once I had it, I sat back down in the chair and put the binoculars in my eyes, zooming in where the kid was. But the ridge was empty. The kid was nowhere in sight, which I knew would make this a thousand times harder. I pulled up the antenna of the walkie-talkie and I dialed the right channel. Donnie, you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. I'm getting close to the sector. I'm heading up to the ridge for a vantage point. Okay, perfect. Uh, that's where I saw the kid, uh, but they've moved on since then. Well, I'll, I'll check around to see if I can find anything. I watched as Donnie came down the ridge, waving his flashlight through the dark until he looked toward the tower and shrugged. Nothing over here. Over. Ah, damn. Hopefully he turns up again, and then I'll just notify the police to check out any missing per- people reports. All right, well, I'll go back to... Donnie's voice cut out. I saw his flashlight turn off in the distance. The small lit up spot where this he stood was swallowed by darkness. Donnie? You there? Donnie? No response. I rushed outside the door and around the corner when I saw him, yelling his name, only to hear my voice echo into the woods. That's when it hit me. There wasn't a single sound in the forest. The crickets, the frogs, they weren't chirping. The wind didn't rustle through the leaves. Everything was completely standstill. I could hear my heartbeat throbbing in my ears and nothing else. I I moved my flashlight through the woods in some futile attempt to finding him. I, I got in the state of mind where I got so scared my throat started to close up. And if I moved, I felt like it was gonna, something very bad was going to happen. I had to, I had to do something, though. I turned around, and as I did, I glanced at the stairs below me. At the bottom of the stairs stood a skinny, 
horrifically angled woman. <gasps> she was tall, dripping with water, black hair and dark, murky blue skin that stretched across her bent, broken arms and bones. Her gray dress was shredded and her black shoes were muddy and wet. And her face, her eyes were milky white. Her mouth hung open like a snake, like her jaw was just grossly broken. She let out this blood-curling, ear-piecing scream of agony and began to shuffle like a crab up the stairs so fast. And I snapped out of fear that I was locked in and I ran the fuck back inside, slamming and locking the door behind me. There was no way... She would be able to move that fast. That was unreal. She could not. How did she move that fast? Even all her bones were broken into wrong directions, making sounds of clicking as she ran Ah. up the stairs. I ran back to the kitchen, grabbed the biggest knife I could, and I pulled out the walkie-talkie, screaming into it, Is anyone there? Donnie, where the fuck are you? Someone answer it, goddammit! And then I heard the creaking of a door. I slowly turned, and I I froze. I saw what was there. The door was still there. Locked and shut, completely undisturbed. But what scared me was that the once locked giant cabinet now stood open, with a kid dressed like Charlie Brown go standing just in front of it. I stood there unmoving until I heard the little shit giggle, and I recognized the giggle. No fucking way. I pulled off the sheet, and one of Donnie's kids, Marvin, sporting a smirk and a walkie talkie. Dad. I got him. Oh. Ha. Uh, Pissed his pants just like I said I would, right? He and his other son laughed from the other end of the walkie-talkie. I was mad, but I was glad that it wasn't, you know, going to be murdered. Mm-hmm. I grabbed his walkie-talkie shop back, pissed me off of what is about to be, what, what is about to happen to you, you fucking asshole. I hope you're happy. Hearing you scream like a little girl was the best part of my day, said Donnie. And I reported back, hey, screw you two. It wasn't even me. There was that stupid, that, that, that creepy chick you had running up me. Was that your wife? My what? Does the ghost look like a zombie from far away? You said to yourself you looked like Charlie Brown ghost. Not the ghost, you dumbass. The, the woman in the stairs. She screamed and ran up at me. She scared me in the tower. Hell, she must have been like an Olympic runner. She did it so fast. Dean, I didn't put a woman on the stairs. Upon hearing this, on the night shift, I, I quit the next couple days. Yeah. Until wow. they found a replacement. My friend quit, and he vowed never to return to the park as well. To this day, he swears that either Donnie never told him about what part of part of the prank, or he saw something that night totally unrelated. I began to question my own participation in the night shifts and considered myself lucky with that a few times I've been on it that I was stationed at the north or eastern sectors. Not where he was. Yeah, wow. I don't blame him at all. Wow. So I got that one. I, I do have one shorter one, if, if that's Go for okay. It. Yeah. Uh, this was a little bit more of a come down one here. Okay. So I want to. This one is another one. This one is written by uh, a trail ranger. A trail ranger. Okay. Uh, so basically, and this was about five years again. ago. Maybe. Basically, a ranger who can't they get the mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, a ranger who can't get you into trouble. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, better, better. Uh, So about this time, he was gathering illegally placed wildlife cameras and knocking down hunting stands, feeders, and blinds with another actual ranger as well. Mm -hmm. The other ranger wasn't feeling well, so he was going to head back uh, on a one-hour ATV ride. Uh, 
the friend, this friend finished the this ranger finished up the last one, and he heard and he started to hear voices. So keep in mind, he is far off the beaten path. He called out, and no one replied. <sighs> As it was getting dark, he started to head back, and he found that his ATV wouldn't start. <laughs> Great. Oy. And then he noticed that the battery was not even connected anymore. Oh. No. He reconnected it, and it started up, so he started to drive, but wasn't going really fast at all. Less than a half mile later, uh, the whole thing just died. Yeah. He radioed back, basically saying, hey, guys, I need someone to come pick me up. They told him that they'd be there in about an hour, and he asked if the guy got back, and they said no. Whoa. Uh, he settled down, and he started a small fire, but before long, he started to hear the voices again. No. And it's dark. And the voices are not happy. The voices sound like an argument now. Someone was angry and yelling at someone else who sounded more scared than that. He called out and asked if anyone needed help. The voices didn't seem to care. He guessed that he had to be less than a thousand feet away or so. It didn't seem too far away. He radioed again and they said that they were having trouble finding what path he might have been on that when he left. He asked them to get uh, the other ranger to tell them about where uh, they were because he left uh, the iPad that had the map on it. And they said he still isn't back yet, unfortunately. Mm. About three more minutes go by, and he hears the voices start up again. He decides to walk to them, hoping that maybe he can stop some drunk assholes and maybe they have a map. He walked in their direction, but the voices seemed to be getting further as he tried to walk closer. Finally, after 20 minutes, he gave up and walked back. He got a radio call, and they said that the other guy uh, was found passed out, covered in vomit, and was being taken to the hospital, but he crossed off everywhere that they found the stand, so they general idea of where he was then. So the guy just got sick. Yeah, sick or dehydrated, yep, something like as that. When they started, and then when they were describing that, though, the radio died. No! You're Voices dead. then came back. You're dead. Bored out of his mind, and he decided to really just listen to them and really see if he could pick up what they're saying. Well, it wasn't yours to take. I don't fucking care. Well, you knew better. And so on and so on. And this argument was going on. He guessed it was two hunters arguing over a kill or something. And then he heard one shout something intelligible and then silence. Then bang! God damn it, Jake. (laughs) A gunshot. He doused the fire quickly and hid. After he heard nothing, just his breathing in the next half hour until he saw the ATV lights, he told the guys that were picking up the, everything that he heard and they had to make a call back. They had people looking for three hours and found nothing. Uh, the next day, they brought in police dogs to find what happened. After about an hour, they found a shallow grave was found, and it was a long dead man who had been clearly shot in the face. <gasps> Long dead? Thing was, it was a skeletal remains who was there for years. So either the argument he heard just ended with a bane and both parties went home, or he heard someone being murdered over and over and over again. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, boy. The one thing I like about these Reddit ones is that I'm pretty sure that the guy always survives because he's writing about it. I hope so. (laughs) That's a fair point. Honestly, it's like when you know there's a second season of a TV show, you're like, they're not going to die. Yeah, Ned Stark's going to make it. I've been noticing that with X-Files, honestly. It's like, I'm like, oh, are they going to die? Wait, there's like seven more seasons. We're fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, boy. Well, thank you both. Great job on our story time. I got Lisa with the, the table that time, hitting the table. You got me, too. Fucking... I didn't see you jump. I saw her oh, jump always. in the corner of my eye. I'm ready for it every single freaking time. So... <laughs> Oh boy! So I do this, it for my that's own, okay. own sake. I betrayed him. It's, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> angry at you. <laughs> this uh, this episode is going in between the Ponte Sisto and the next one, so I'll just admin corner quick and let everybody know our next episode, yes. which is going to be uh, we're going to go to a place called Himeji Castle. Himeji Castle. I don't know exactly how to say it. H I M E J I Castle. Okay. Let me look it up to make sure I'm not making it up, but I know I'm not. Well, um, I mean, you've accidentally made it up before, so it wouldn't be a bad idea. Exactly. Himeji Castle, which is a hilltop Japanese castle complex situated in the city of Himeji. It looks, if I remember right, when I was reading this one, it's a, a lot similar in the stories and so stuff we're going to, Japan. to the Forbidden City. So, yeah, ooh. we're going to Japan for Look, our next Japan one. Too. So Whoa. we have not hit up Japan yet. No. So that's why I wanted to go yeah, to that no, one next. So... Yeah. Don't worry. After that, we're getting ourselves. I've definitely done some spooky. You've sides done. That's to that's what I'm remembering. Are yes, you, you have sides? done some spooky sides. Then we're getting ourselves back into um, a little America action after that. So <laughs> America, America. So Himeji or Himahi or Himeji Castle will okay. be our next one. But Jake, until then, out us out, please. As you can all tell, all of our scary stories were true today. Mine wasn't. Neither was Lisa's. Shut up. I'm still upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so join us next week as we continue to dive into the spooky world and hope to make you giggle <laughs> as we look at another place <laughs> without a doubt. Wow. Without a doubt. Paranormal. The trail rangers are like a secondary class citizen to the park rangers. <laughs> right. They're learning. the mix without the M&Ms. Oh, uh, what? Oh, they're like trail mix. Trail mix. Come on. Uh, possibly that was so bad you you're on timeout the rest of the day yeah new episode you don't get to talk it's no be... <laughs> you don't get to talk next time on the possibly paranormal podcast <laughs> m&m's <laughs> <laughs>